Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The Biden administration's push for an electric vehicle transition is running into some speed bumps, and his regulators are poised to ease back the throttle. In general, the growth in EV sales is slowing down, and there's a lot of political pressure over how Biden's green agenda is playing in the crucial swing state of Michigan. And now, EPA is planning to scale back a rule that was intended to spur the transition, according to Politico's Zach Coleman. So today, I chat with Zach about why Biden is considering delaying his EV transition. It's Friday, February 23rd. So the Biden administration is expected as soon as next month to unveil its final rule for cleaning up tailpipe emissions from the vehicle fleet. These are the sedans, SUVs, light-duty trucks that you see on the road. And what we learned is they're going to sort of ease back the throttle on the initial ramp up to this rule through 2032, but it's going to end in the same place, which is the easiest way for car companies to meet the emissions standards would be to have all electric vehicles make up two out of every three new sales by 2032, although there are some other ways to get there. What you've seen the administration do, though, what they're signaling, at least through our reporting here, is they're not going to accelerate so much on the front end compared to a previous proposal. There's going to be an easier transition to hitting these marks. They're going to try to make it less abrupt on the front end. There's not a detailed number for car companies hitting that first year, two, or three, but it's going to be less abrupt, less severe than what had been originally floated. Right. And so let's get into some of the factors behind this policy pivot, you know, well documented in the news, of course, kind of with this trend that we're seeing of slowing growth of EV sales. So what's your sense of how much that impacted the administration's decision here? And do they still anticipate being able to meet his ambitious EV goals? I think that the slowing growth, and again, this is still growth in the electric vehicles market, certainly played some sort of role here. You've seen Ford and GM back off of new production projects. There's been some price cuts, which some are attributing to Tesla trying to undercut competitors. But there's also been some pretty stark admission by the Detroit Big Three that they kind of mismatched the amount of supply and demand from the post-COVID period where no one had access to chips and there was these back orders and they kind of just didn't do the math. So you're seeing a little bit of slowing, but there's still projected increases. So we saw earlier this week, Princeton's repeat, which is led by Jesse Jenkins, who widely quoted, very smart guy, showed that a lot of this electric vehicle adoption is actually still on track for Biden's goal, which is, again, he wants to hit at least 50% of new sales being electric by 2030. And the projected proposed EPA rule would have that looking something like 67% by 2032. So the deployment there is possible, but I think that, yes, there are some jitters right now in the industry, and it's not just the auto companies. I mean, there's also the auto unions, the UAW, which 
has asked for a little bit more time because this is a new industry, the electric vehicle industry, the battery industry that doesn't have a history of unionization. There's some willingness, it seems, on the UAW to delay this speedy adoption because they want to actually go out to these factories and try to organize workers for better pay and for better work standards. So they want a little bit more time to do that. In fact, earlier this week, the UAW announced a $40 million two-year plan to do that exact work at battery companies that are sprouting up across the U.S. To that point on unions and their demands probably playing a part here, of course, election politics play a role in this decision or if the decision does end up the way we're expecting, especially with Michigan, as your story gets into, which we know is a crucial swing state. So why does Biden think this move, if he does proceed in this way, will help him in Michigan? You know, I think he sees this as a real anxiety thing for the UAW for auto workers. I mean, there are studies that show that that there will be required fewer shifts for some of these facilities to make some of these cars. Uh, You know, the parts are different. Uh, So there is this anxiety about where do you fit in in the auto industry? Will you still have a job? And at the same time, though, it is a growth market. I mean, China is really winning this market right now. And the auto companies and the auto workers know that they have to compete in it and they see their viability in the future being tied to electric vehicles. And I think that one way to kind of honor that anxiety is to do what the Biden administration seems to be poised to do, which is to ease up on the initial more abrupt transition here in these vehicle emissions standards. So I think it's definitely paying attention to what's being said in Michigan and in other Rust Belt states where auto workers work. I mean, you have Ohio as well. It's a state that is very important to Democrats, given Sherrod Brown is up for re-election there, and there's a lot of manufacturing in the auto sector in Ohio. So there's certainly a political element of it here, but there's also a reality. I mean, the U.S. also wants to build electric vehicles at home and the manufacturing capacity is still building up. I mean, if you were to go full throttle on building today, I mean, you might be using more materials from China. And that's not what the U.S. wants to do either. So there is this kind of need to build up the battery supply chain as well to do this in the most optimal way for the U.S. economic and foreign policy interests as well. And of course, EVs really touch on two key constituencies. We we talked about organized labor, but of course, climate activist community so it seems like in, in your story, you did get a chance to talk with some folks in labor, some green activists, combination of both. What are you hearing as far as if the administration does, in fact, do this? Will folks be satisfied in, in either of those constituencies? It seems as if a lot of the environmental groups that I talked to believe that the pearl clutching that was going on in the first few days after this news was getting out there, that the administration was going to pull back on the initial transition was overdone. I mean, it ends up in the in the same place. There were certainly groups that came out and criticized it. I mean, this is an extra several hundred million tons of carbon dioxide by not going as fast as you could on this transition. There's a question of whether going fast, though, would be achievable. So it's this thing where it's, does it matter if you can't do it? And at the same time, it's very real that the more CO2 we emit in this decade, the harder it is to stay under one and a half degrees Celsius. So 
I think it's one of those things where environmental groups, of course, would like a world in which you went as fast and as hard as you could, but maybe as fast and as hard as you can is what this new tapering back of the initial ramp up is. Also, the Energy Department's Loan Programs Office plans to provide roughly $710 million for a pair of electric vehicle battery supply chain projects at existing facilities in Michigan and Ohio. The announcement Thursday is part of the Biden administration's effort to build the U.S. industry to counter China's dominance. The financing would come from a loan program that received a boost from the Inflation Reduction Act. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Nirmal Malaykel is the podcast producer. Annie Reese edited the podcast this week. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. And that's our show. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back on Monday. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is taking action to keep methane in the pipe. Their 2028 upstream methane intensity target is set to be 53% below the 2016 baseline. And they're committed to evolving facility designs and operating practices. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash methane.